AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk. Comedians or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Welcome to Creature Feature, production of iHeartRadio. I'm your host of Mini Parasites, Katie Golden. I studied psychology and evolutionary biology, and today on the show, the mystery of Bat Boy. Is the half bat, half human really real? Okay, I'm just kidding. We're not talking about Bat Boy, but we are talking about animals who are so utterly unbelievable, they seem like hoaxes. Living tampons that walk the earth, purple blobs who walk under the earth, a new animal superhero, and the weird sexcapades of horny bees. Discover this and more as we answer the age-old question, is that a snorkel coming out of your butt or are you just happy to see me? Joining me today is shark lover and host of Kicking and Screaming podcast, Vanessa Guerrero. Hi. I love sharks. (laughs) You were just telling me about how you have an upcoming cinema feature of sharks uh, that you made when you were 12 years old? I think it was 12, but it might have been a little bit younger. Now that I think about it, I might have been like 10. Mm. Um, When I was a child, I didn't like writing assigned essays at all, but I did have a video camera and I turned in an essay, which was basically just my mom filming me at an aquarium, uh, but also me filming a documentary called Air Jaws with my own camera and yelling at my classmates about how they don't get sharks like I do, which uh, I mean, I. I think uh, Werner Herzog started out about 10 years old, too. So, yeah. So me, Herzog, both deeply alienating to our peers at 10. Yeah. Uh, with our intensity. And uh, I'm trying to find a way to digitize it and put it out somewhere because watching it at the age that I am now immediately, I was like, all right, I, I immediately get why maybe I was like. Uh, a, a little bit hard to understand at the time, but also like, I'm glad that I've held that same affection for sharks. I don't know. I think you were ahead of your time yeah. uh, in in the sort of pro-shark movement, the shark acceptance movement. Shark Week came, I, I mean, we're about the same age and I don't remember Shark Week coming until like yeah. I was a little older. So I feel like the, the uh, rebranding of sharks, giving sharks a better image had to come because 
people were scared of sharks because of Jaws. So yeah, I think you were a, a true uh, shark visionary. Thank you. <laughs> My mother didn't think so when I found a, uh, I can't remember if it was a lipstick or perfume, but it had like an, an ingredient that I read somewhere that it was originally derived from sharks. It hadn't mm. been anymore, but I was just like, I have to flush it. Uh, <laughs> and she wasn't psyched. <laughs> A real, a real shark activist. Yeah. Like this has the blood of sharks on it. How dare you, mom? This is shark crime. <laughs> you go, go to the grocery store. All those little shark. Remember those shark gummies? The, oh the gummies God. like shaped like sharks, and you're just throwing them on the ground. Like this is, this advocates violence against sharks. <laughs> It means we eat them now. I actually saw a friend make a cocktail using the shark gummies in it now, and I've never felt like a glass of something was more for me. It was just a, it was a shark-based cocktail. Wow. Made of gummy shark. Hmm. I, hmm. What, it, what was the, what did, what base was it with it? I think <laughs> it was like, like I think blue that's... curacao, so it was like the okay. ocean. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Yeah. I think it was like, she called it drink blue sea. Okay. Yeah. It, it, That's it was good. I like that. It's <laughs> a good one. <laughs> so today we are actually talking about some animal stories that sound like they are hoaxes, but they are not. It is 100% the truth. But it is, it, it's stuff that when I first saw it, I was like, no, 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 no. This is, this is a hoax. This is fake news. It's uh, been some kind of doctored video, but no, no, it's absolutely true. And so I'm very excited. There is a viral video on Twitter that shows what looks like tampons coming alive and crawling around in a public restroom. And it, it's like, is it a parasite imitating Ooh. a tampon and looking for a human host? Is it some kind of crossbreed between a mouse and a worm uh this so i sent you the link to the video i'll have it in the show notes i guess a little bit of a warning it's it's a little gross to look at but it when i saw this i was like okay this is like a deep fake it's a some kind of weird edit but no no it's absolutely not i clicked it <laughs> Uh, I clicked it and they're so bad. <laughs> like in general, anything that has like that kind of crawl motion where it's like that like pumpy long crawl thing. Yeah. Uh, always tends to like ug me out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The undulating. Uh, never, never my favorite motion in an insect. <laughs> and uh, this is so much worse because they are really tampony. Yeah. Um, in a way that makes me so happy I switched to the cup. Because uh, these look like weird candiru for people that menstruate. <laughs> yeah, they Ugh. look like an alien parasite that is mimicking the look of a tampon to find a human host. Yeah. Like from some kind of horror movie. Uh, but yeah, the, the undulating movement is also disconcerting. They actually have little legs like a caterpillar, and they move by sort of contracting their legs in a wave motion, so that's how they move around. And it's, uh, you know, not not necessarily great to look at, I would say. The legs actually add some comfort to me, mm, that they're that not just, like, inching around like the creatures right. from Slither. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, Slither, that movie. Ugh. This actually reminds me of a worm or caterpillar that I've spent my entire life trying to figure out what it was. I describe it to people and nobody can like tell me what I was looking at. But when I was a kid, I saw like this just like green. It looked just looked like a green caterpillar. And my little brother did the young boy thing, which is poke it with a stick. Yes. And he poked it. And this red and I remember it had a white stripe on it. This like red horn with like a white stripe on the other end just started poking out slowly out of the back <laughs> of this green caterpillar until the horn was about as long, if not a little bit longer than the caterpillar. And it was one of the most upsetting things I've ever seen in my whole life. Um, I like my parents weren't home and I was just like, I'm going to die here. Uh, <laughs> even though it was just a small worm. And to this day, I'm just like, what was that caterpillar? What is a creature that like 
excretes a red horn when you touch it. That's interesting. I I don't know off the top of my head. I know that there are uh, swallowtail caterpillars that have red horn protrusions. I don't know of them like necessarily being telescoping. Mm -hmm. There's also a moth that has these weird horns. So I'm going to do a little bit of of Google (laughs) searching and then I'll see if I can get that for you. I think I also I watched a lot of shows that were about like parasites and worms and bot flies and things like that when I was a kid. So the automatic default for me and bugs were like, it's going to crawl into my skin, Uh, (laughs) even if it's not something that does that. I think also like spending a lot of my youth in Central America around bugs that are terrifying uh, just gave me this like alarmist viewpoint of literally any creepy crawly critter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, I I think I've come to peace with a lot of worms and parasites and stuff just from like, I guess, uh, taking classes on it where I, you know, you, you have to sort of like, oh, man, appreciate the evolutionary cleverness of them. But uh, yeah, I, I think um, there is something like this for me, like the smaller the parasite, the littler and like squigglier, the worse, because it's just like they can just get right in there. So. Yeah, like under a fingernail or something. Yeah, exactly. So that's um, how my doom brain works. <laughs> where 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 were you? Like where are you were you living when this green caterpillar came into your life? I could say definitely I was in Southern California at the time. Okay. It wasn't like in Central America where like I'd see something horrific, but then my grandma would be like, <laughs> "Oh, I know what that is." Cuz that would happen a lot too. Like I'd be like cuz our baths weren't indoor. They were like outdoor bathhouses that like everyone in the house kind of shared for both laundry bathing and using the restroom uh so i'd be like taking a bath and be like hey a scorpion that's probably the one that's okay and my mom would be like yeah and then my grandmother would be like why are you bathing with a poisonous scorpion <laughs> so like most of the ones they were identified this was in here in southern california so i had no clue yeah, yeah. No, there's there's a lot of weird caterpillar behaviors. I think it could have been, I mean, it could have been a swallowtail caterpillar. They definitely have sort of like weird horns on them. There is so there's something called an osmotarium, <gasps> which is a defensive organ that can actually be averted from the caterpillar when it feels threatened. So it kind of looks like these red horns. Let me show you a picture. Let me see if this is what you saw. I'm just going to drop this in the document. I'll freak out if I finally get like. I want to solve this mystery for you. I mean, kind of like that, but red. And it was very long. I mean, it could be the same. This could be just a different species of caterpillar doing the same thing. So it's like inside the body. But then if you like assault the caterpillar like your brother did, then it will be averted, meaning like pushed out. And um, it's meant to, like, smell kind of bad and, like, startle predators. It smelled really bad. Really? It oh, did. my God. We I solved it. I remember it was stinking. You solved it. Because <laughs> that was the other part that, like, sent me into panic where, like, he was like, ew, it stinks all of a sudden. And I was like, wow. why does it smell? Is it poison? Or is, it, <laughs> is it, like, fumes that's going to take over our bodies? Uh yeah, holy shit, you did it. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it is found in swallowtail butterfly larva. We got it. We did it. We got it. My worm we problems got it. have been solved. Boom. <laughs> solved. Your lifelong mystery solved. Did I like yeah. help you move past like your childhood issues of like, man, this like this caterpillar, it was always a mystery and and grow as a person? Did yes. we do it? We did it. Yes. <laughs> I think is also when I was older and I learned about like cordyceps, I was just like, was there a very specific like fungus that took over that caterpillar that I don't know about? <laughs> well, I was thinking I was thinking of like a um, horsehair worm or, or a nematode, which can uh, there these parasites that will take over like crickets and spiders and stuff. I didn't know of them taking over caterpillars necessarily. But the fact that it's red, like these these parasitic nematodes are usually like white uh, colored. So um, no, yeah, it's the osmetrium, the defensive organ of the swallowtail caterpillars. Yes. So, yes, we did it. We solved it. The stinky um, part was what gave it away. <laughs> Unfortunately, we have to move on back to these living tampons. All right. Uh, so that mystery, wow, it gets even grosser. 
So these are real animals, these things that look like crawling, wiggling tampons with little feet, and they are called rat-tailed maggots, which is a beautiful name for a gorgeous, gorgeous animal. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, they gross me out less than a regular maggot. Yeah. I mean, I think because they're so weird and different, Mm -hmm. they don't trigger the gross out response in me as much as the like, oh my God, am I looking at an alien response? Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's more of like a quite, there are elements of it that I definitely don't like, but like, I think since my my primal brain so deeply associates maggot with like, this is bad for me, that because it looks more like alien than maggot, I'm like, well, you're gross, but you're not going to make me gag. Right, right. It's not, it's like, okay, no, I didn't like leave the trash out too long. It's an alien invasion. It's like- yeah. So I'm not like disgusted. I'm just like, huh, okay, we're going to get invaded by aliens. All right, I accept that. I mean, the news has been weirder, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) Despite their appearances, they are not necessarily parasites and they are typically harmless, but we're actually going to get to some special cases in which they are not so harmless, uh, which is uh, dun dun dun. So rat-tailed maggots are, it's not just one species, there's a whole bunch of species, but they are the larva of several hoverfly species. So the rat-tailed maggots are notable due to the long rat tail that trails behind them, making them look like the cross between a mouse, a worm, and a tampon. Uh, The tail is actually a respiratory siphon. That allows no. them to breathe while submerged underwater. So as I was re- researching these things, I was like, they've got to have some redeeming qualities that make them less gross or something. But it turns out they like to live in stinky, stagnant water. <laughs> so like Blech. they spend the larval part of their life cycle in oxygen, low, stagnant water which is often rich in organic material for them to feed on, but because there's not that much oxygen in stagnant water, they need that that respiratory siphon, that tail that pokes out of the water and allows them to breathe. So yeah, that's probably why they were found in that bathroom. They were probably living in some sewage water, which is lovely. And they are highly resistant to pollution, which allows them to live in cesspits and sewage. So, you know, I like them for that. (laughs) Look, you know, they make it work and I have to respect it. You know, yeah, I I feel so much more tenderness for bugs now that try their damnedest. (laughs) I know. Right. I'm like I had clothes mountain kind of piling up where I wasn't folding my clothes. I wasn't putting them in the laundry. I was just creating sort of a clothes mountain. And I think of all these insects that sort of cocoon themselves in like twigs and mud and poop and stuff. And I'm like, you know, are we so different? I've created a clothes mountain. Like I'll, I'll even like, get, you know, like pile clothes up on my bed. And then it's like, hey, it's more blanket, right? Because it's clothes. Yeah. And like I throw cat hair into the mix, which is really not that. Th- th- she's not as clean as I'd like to think she is. So no. I, I'm rolling around in it, too. You kind of have to have plausible deniability with a cat or a dog where you try not to think about how there's a lot of butthole stuff going on where, mm-hmm. like, it's poopy stuff. Like, they've been licking their butthole, and then they lick their fur, and then they rub all over you. And you're, you just have to have a little bit of, of willful ignorance about, you know, the butthole factor. But, yeah. Yeah, no, we're all we're we're living in garbage times, so I feel like we should respect the the garbage worm um for really adapting to the garbage life, you know? Yeah. It's it's it embraces it in a way that many of us are still pretending is not the case, even though who among us doesn't have a bag of chips from the beginning of quarantine like still rolling around in our homes. Right. And like you find a chip like on the couch and you're like, wait a minute, this isn't the same chip type that I'm eating. It looks like a different chip. But then you eat it anyways. Like plausible deniability. Yeah, I'm eating Doritos now. Yes, this is a pretzel and it, it it's hard as a rock, but I'm, I'm still going to eat it. You know? Yeah, I'm trapped in yeah. my little I'm trapped in my little uh, stagnant water hovel. 
Right, exactly. I mean, we respected the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and they lived in sewage and ate pizza. Why not respect rat-tailed maggots, you know, living their life (laughs) with their (laughs) with their with their sewage snorkels. So (laughs) even better, that snorkel, that tail really is a tail. It comes out of their posterior end, meaning the butt end. So they breathe through a snorkel out of their butt while they live in sewage. So, you know, I, again, respect. I respect the commitment. They're not the only thing to breathe out of their butt, too, aren't they? I feel like there are more things that breathe out of their butt. Yeah, actually, turtles can do gas exchange out of their butts. Uh, So, like, when it gets cold, they can do gas exchange out of their butt while underwater. Good for them. Good for them. Yeah. Always coming back to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because there's so many huh. things. So many things. What can't they do? They've got a techie. They've got... Actually, all I know is that they've got a techie. I forgot what the personality types of the other ones are. But they got a techie, a party, an nice. angry, and a oh, wet blanket. A grumpy. Yeah. <laughs> and a sneezy. <laughs> and a sleepy. <laughs> They're basically like the horoscopes. Right, right. I was thinking the 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 Snow White uh, thing, but yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> so rat-tailed maggots actually are the larval form of the hoverfly, as I've mentioned before. And the adult form of these weirdos are actually pretty innocuous looking. Hoverflies look like bees. They are not bees. They're actually bee mimics. And oh. they use the... Uh, black and white stripes of the bees to trick other animals into thinking that they've got a stinger and that they shouldn't be messed with, but they are actually harmless and cute little fuzzy, just like bee pretenders, little bee wannabes. So it, it is wannabes. Uh, <laughs> wannabes. So yeah, they they actually their adult forms are actually quite nice looking, quite lovely. Um, which it's pretty funny that they come from you know such sort of horrific alien beginnings and then it's like and now i'm a widow bee yeah i that's kind of inspiring where it's just like you know you could be anything uh even a bee yeah you can start life as a weird alien uh living tampon who likes to live in filth and breathes out of a tube that comes out of your butt and grow into a, a, a bee a wannabe with no stinger a liar a lying bee I love that for them. Mm -hmm. I do, too. Good for them. Um, So uh, like I was saying earlier, they are mostly harmless, but there have been a few documented cases of illness in humans related to them. So I think this section gets gross enough to have like a content warning, like it's going to get a little gross, a little little like, you know, parasite grossness. So if you don't want to hear that, uh, I'm going to have future Katie put in the timestamp of where you can jump ahead to skip all that. Like if you're eating lunch or you're like, you know what? I just don't want to know what these these little tampon things get up to inside a human body. So th- I understand that. So, um, <laughs> yeah, jump ahead to what future Katie is saying now. 2555. All right. So, Vanessa, I'm sorry you have to stay around for this. Yay! <laughs> And everyone else who has chosen to listen. Um, so typically speaking, rat-tailed maggots are not parasites. However, that doesn't mean that sometimes they can't adapt and just live the parasite life like an improv. You know, like you got you got to roll with the punches. Got it. You got to improv, improv everywhere. And sometimes that means being a parasite. So uh, there have been a handful of documented cases of myiasis which means the infection of skin and tissue by fly larvae. So an example of myiasis would be a maggot like living in a flesh wound or something. Mm -hmm. So when certain species of rat-tailed maggot somehow ends up inside a human's digestive system, they seem to be able to feed off of the intestinal lining and survive. So, Yep, it's pretty gross. This type of parasitism is called facultative because it's not necessary. So there's obligate parasites like a tapeworm that needs to 
be a parasite in order to complete its life life cycle. But there is also facultative parasites who it's basically, you know, they're seeing which way the wind's blowing. Like, you know, today mm-hmm. it'll be a parasite. Tomorrow they don't necessarily need to be a parasite. Uh, they respond to changes in their environment. So if you ingest one of these guys and they're like, huh, I'm like inside a human. Oh, well, I guess I'll be a parasite then. So that's what these rat-tailed maggots do. They wind up in a human body, usually when a person unwittingly uh, drinks or eats something that has been contaminated. Uh, And then they just like, you know, will go through their larval stages inside of the intestinal system, and then you will eventually poop them out. Uh, So, (laughs) yeah, Cannot imagine that hanging out in a bowl. No, I can't. I mean, okay, so to get really gross, like I was reading a case study of this woman And she had been having digestive problems like diarrhea, cramping, intestinal distress, all these things that seem to be indicative of like um, some kind of uh, inflammatory bowel disease. But like she like pooped out this thing and she's like, huh, that seems medically significant. So she brought it into the doctor and they put it under an electron microscope to see like they like looked, studied it, like looked at its mouth parts and stuff and like were able to pinpoint the specific species of rat tailed maggot that it was, which is Aristolus tinax, which sounds a lot fancier and, and cooler than rat tailed maggot. But yeah, it's just like I can't imagine, though, if I like if I if I pooped out a living tampon, I would just be like, okay, no, no, I'm just, that's it. That's it. I'm shutting down. I'm shutting it all down. Just going back to bed today. (laughs) (laughs) That's when I just lay down and I don't, I don't stand up again. And then everybody asks, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm just going to lay here for the rest of my life. I'm just going to take a, take a lie down on the ground for, you know, a while, you know, just like, just gonna take a lie down. Think about things. Think about the universe. It's got a lot. It's. I feel like it's a life changing experience. You don't uh, come back from that the same. I don't think you do. I, I don't think you necessarily come back from that worse, but you don't come back from it the same. Yeah, you're changed right. forever. You're a changed person. Um. So yeah. So. Basically, that's how you find out, like, if a rat-tailed maggot is using you as, like, an intestinal Airbnb is if you poop it out. Otherwise, you will be having inflammatory bowel symptoms. Uh, But really, guys, don't worry about this happening to you. There's literally just, like, handfuls of case studies of this. So it is extremely unlikely it's going to happen to you. But, yeah, I mean, if you drink poopy water and then you know, start feeling bad. It's a possibility. You got the rat tails. <laughs> a case of the old, the old jumping tampons, as they like to call it. Nobody calls it that. Um, yeah, so like these cases of accidental parasitism aren't typically life-threatening, but, you know, it's distressing <laughs> and gross uh, and unfortunate. Um, so, yeah, that's, I, I think that's it for the gross talk. So I'm going to welcome everyone back. To, to the podcast, everyone who decided to take a quick vacation from grossness. I don't blame you, you yeah. know? We're different now. Back. Yeah, yeah. You know, we'll talk about talk about nicer things. Like, uh, well, okay, I guess the n- next thing we're going to talk about when we get back from the break isn't, like, cute, like, puppy cute. But if you squint and think about it really hard, maybe it's cute. Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with our next animal that looks like a hoax. But guess what? It's not. It's real. I know what you're thinking. Katie, is there another nightmarish larva I should know about? Glad you asked. Hercules beetle larvae are some of the biggest grubs you'll find on the planet. They can grow to be up to 5 inches or 11 centimeters and are as thick as a sausage. These grubs have a lot to live up to because their adult form, the Hercules beetle of Central American rainforests, is the largest flying insect in the world and sports an intimidating battle horn. When we return, we're going to talk about a purple blob that has a lovely personality. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. 
With our flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. While not a hoax, the blobfish, that lumpy pink fish with the big ziggy-like nose and perpetual frown, gets an unfair rap. Its particularly lumpy appearance is due to it being transported from the high-pressure depths of the sea to the surface, where the difference in pressure causes it to kind of explode. Just goes to show you, you can't believe everything you see on Fishtagram. But there is a terrestrial blob creature who really is as lumpy and blobbly as it appears in photos. Vanessa, if I told you there is a species of big purple blobs who live underground, who have pig noses, tiny little wiener heads, and create mini earthquakes in order to mate, what would you say to that? I'd say sign me up. i love it i love that response i love a rumbly animal consider yourself subscribed because these guys exist and they are called purple frogs (gasps) now i want you to take whatever image you have of a purple frog and delete it because i guarantee you If you've never seen an actual purple frog and you have some image of like a little like Kermit frog who just happens to be purple like in your head, it's wrong. Delete that image and let me build it anew for you by painting a mental picture for you. So imagine like a human liver that's like kind of chunky and then now give it stubby little legs, a tiny pointy head with like a little fleshy beak that ends in sort of a pig nose type thing. And then its shoulders are so like big and floppy. It kind of looks like it's got butt cheeks on its back. And it's a slightly kind of purplish mauve color. And it's pretty slimy. See, initially when you said purple frog, I was thinking like poison dart frog. Because like those guys are so vivid that it's very easy to imagine them being literally any color. But I like... Whatever this little dude is. I think I've liked every frog or toad I've ever seen. Minus the one that's made of nightmares. Um, I have trypophobia, so whatever the one. Oh, yeah. That one. Uh, the, the one that gives birth out of its back. I'm trying to remember what they were called, but I saw them on a nature show when I, with my dad when I was a kid. And that's how I learned I had trypophobia, because I watched them hatch, and then I just barfed on my dad's lap. Um, yeah. Which is about the same response that I have to, like, lotus pods. <laughs> Uh, or just anything that looks similarly. But, like, other than those guys, I've, like, literally every... 
when I was a kid, I saw a cookie frog, which is the frog of Puerto Rico because they make the little cookie sounds. Aww. Um, they're very loud and they're very cute. And my Ooh. God, do Puerto Rican people love those guys. They're like, so little and cute. They're so tiny. And their call is beyond cute because it literally sounds like they're saying the word cookie. Um, and they're adorable. Uh, like it's you'll, you'll so hear cute. like lyrics from different Puerto Rican artists being like, all right, but give it up for the cookies though. And like what frog <laughs> is shouted out in a bunch of songs. They're so cute too with their sound pouch, like inflated, oh, just like this little tiny frog. And he's like, I- I'm going to give you a sound that is going to blow your mind. They're going to blow your mind. And like, I saw this little purple frog and I'm like, that's a charming frog. That's a charming frog that has taken on all of the characteristics of a mole, uh, yeah. along with all of the characteristics of a frog, to become a cute little wad of a creature. I, I like his stubby little nose. He's a uh, he's character. I'm glad you see this frog as cute. I see them as cute too. Uh, I think some people might not see them as cute, um, but they're wrong, and we're objectively right. Oh, I do just want to say that what we were talking about with the frog that gives birth out of its back, it's called the Suriname uh, toad. And trypophobia means when you have a a sort of visceral, unpleasant reaction to seeing a bunch of holes or like a bunch of circles. It can even be like if you see like soap bubbles, that can Mm -hmm. sometimes trigger it for people. Um, But I think, yeah, we did talk about the Suriname toad on one episode, and I had a warning for people who have trypophobia because it is one of the worst examples of that i i, I think um but yeah no oh, fortunately <laughs> yes fortunately uh the um purple frog does not trigger trypophobia it's just a weird purple thing like it's back it's so interestingly shaped because it's back is like it's so like kind of flabby and it, it looks like it's got a backwards butt to me. Yeah, and that pink little nose and and, and it's t- its head is so tiny compared to the rest of its body. Yeah, I find it I find it weirdly cute as well. They are really interesting too in terms of their behavior. So these guys live in the Western Ghats, uh, which is a mountain range in India where it spends most of its time underground until the monsoon season when they emerge as rainwater streams form. Uh, So they live most of their life underground, and they can be totally autonomous under there because they feed on termites underground. They don't really need to surface for anything until it's mating season. So once it gets rainy outside, they will come up to have a big old purple frog orgy, which is just incredible. So... The males will actually stay slightly under the surface of the soil and will call to females by filling their vocal sacs with air and vibrating the earth, creating a miniature love earthquake that females will come to. And the male is like about half the size of a female. So they're little guys. And so they'll crawl up over this like enormous female. I'm looking at this image of the male on the female and the way like the way her skin dimples under the weight of him is exactly how I imagine like the flesh specifically of like Jabba the Hutt to be. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like it's like kind of rubbery in a weird way. Mm -hmm. It's rubbery, but it looks undulating. Yeah, yeah, it looks kind of fun, you know, like a bouncy castle. Like, if, like, you're a male and you're mating with a female and you start bouncing and she's like, hey, come on, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm your lover, not a bouncy castle. Yeah. Settle down. But yeah, I mean, these frogs aren't, overall, they're not, like, that big. They're only, like, a couple inches big, uh, more or less. But yeah, like, it is <laughs> to see the difference in size, like, just this little tiny male, like, trying to get up over this big blob of a female. It's, it's very cute, uh, in my opinion. Um, and so once they mate, the female can produce around 3,000 eggs, which is pretty good, pretty good, pretty good uh, rate of egg return. 
And the tadpoles are just as weird looking as the adults, in my opinion. They have these big flat heads and they have suction cups on their underbellies, which they use to cling to slimy algae covered rocks. Uh, and they're not purple. The tadpoles are sort of like yellow and brownish kind of coloration to uh, match the color of the algae as a form of camouflage. But yeah, they just uh, <laughs> kind of like sucker onto that. And they also have kind of a funny face. They've got these eyeballs on the top of their heads and then they just kind of have like a pancake face and then little tails. It's really funny. They look like my favorite little guys. They look like manta rays. Yeah, they do a little bit. I'm trying to remember the one that's in a guitar shape. And if it's called a guitar fish, I'm going to be mad at myself. Uh, but it's specifically, I remember because at the Long Beach Aquarium, they have a tank that's full of like a bunch of little manta rays, but there's just one that's in that guitar shape. It, I mean, there is a fish called the guitar fish. If that's, oh, is it that him? might be what you're thinking of. That I might think be what you're I'm thinking of. I think you're spot on. I got very familiar with everything at the touch tanks of the Long Beach Aquarium. <laughs> To where, like, I knew exactly every single tank and why it had been moved uh, the nurse shark had been in. <laughs> I love that. I love that you're a, a touch tank groupie. I, I was yeah. as well for the Birch Aquarium in La Jolla. I They have this, like, outdoor tide pool area where you can, like, put your hands in. And it's mostly for kids, but, like, even as an adult, I'm like, I must gently touch you, sea urchin. <laughs> I even now like I take my niece and I spend more time in like when that was a thing I like spend more time in it than she was and I like asked too many questions about every specific one and very dumb but the nurse shark at the Long Beach Aquarium had to be moved not because of a child but because of an adult uh because most children understand that you can like pretty easily like in a smaller tank just like touch the top of a nurse shark without having doing anything because they're like pretty docile um, and they're like, but just don't reach your hands under because of the way they right. feed. They like suck stuff up. Um, and an adult man uh, stuck his hands underneath the nurse shark and with his fingers tried to look for its mouth because he oh. wanted to see if that was correct. Uh-huh. Um, and it okay. did what a nurse shark does. And it like it didn't he didn't lose any fingers. It just like skinned his knuckles because it's yeah. like running your fingers across gravel. But oh they're God. like, he ruined it for all the children. He ruined it for everyone. Like, oh, I'm going to see where its mouth is and put my fingers in its mouth. Like, okay, buddy. Like, that is completely on you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and now she's not the touch tank anymore. She's with the other sharks. <laughs> not so her mad. fault. She did nothing wrong. <laughs> she thought you were shrimp, sir. Sir? Sir? <laughs> you're literally saying your finger food. And yeah. <laughs> he took you up on it. Did nothing wrong. Oh, that's that's annoying. But yeah, that is uh that is the tale of the purple frog. I, I think they are just they're one of these animals. I, I like that you mentioned Jabba the Hutt because they do look like sort of a Jim Henson creation to me. Yeah. Just like some kind of like little inflatable thing made out of rubber that shouldn't be real. I also love their bodies are designed for burrowing, not for moving along the ground. So they really don't look like they should be able to walk very well. And indeed, they don't really walk very well because they are like their body is kind of like shovel shaped to be able to burrow and dig underground. And so like above ground, they just look like a weird little balloon with little nubby legs just kind of like dangling off of them. <laughs> it's <really> funny. <laughs> I love it. While there's only room in my heart enough for one purple frog, the cute blobs we've just discussed, there are a number of frogs and toads who are purple and spectacular looking. The Pabus stubfoot toad looks like a psychedelic Lisa Frank poster with bright purple and black coloration. And the South American polka dot tree frog, normally a chipper yellow color, glows blue and purple under UV light. Man, I knew frogs like to rave. When we return, we're going to give the X-Men a much-needed rebranding with some real science. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Trinity. Because their programs offer more than just coursework. 
You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Humans may not be able to regrow whole limbs, but a fingertip or toe tip can regrow if you have enough of the nail bed left behind. In humans and other mammals, if you have enough of the tissue of the nail bed, the nail epithelium, you actually can grow back part of the finger or toe. This part of the digit is important because it contains stem cells that allows for the regrowth of tissue. Meanwhile, in animals that can fully grow back limbs, like salamanders, a chemical signal at the wound site causes all the tissue in the area to revert back to a group of immature cells called a blastema that can then differentiate and grow into the missing parts of the limb. There's a recent discovery, however, that may lead to more questions about the evolution of limb regeneration. Uh, so, Vanessa, do you like, you know, X-Men, superheroes, so, so on and so forth? Big fan. That's good. Yeah. I, you know, I feel like um, Wolverine is cool, but I feel like he could use, like, a makeover, you know what I mean? Because, like, when you think about Wolverine, like, the actual little animals, like, he doesn't, you know, it, it's, like, just, uh, he doesn't even really capitalize on what Wolverines look like. And they can't, like, Wolverines can't even regenerate, so it's not accurate. So, like, what what's the deal? Like, why, you know, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm Wolverine. Why? Because you have sideburns? Because you're, you're from down under? Oh, it's but he's not. He's it's just the actor, right? Who's just uh, what's his name? Hugh Jackman, who's from Australia. I forget because a lot about Wolverine has changed because of Hugh Jackman's portrayal. <laughs> because he's now tall, and he used to be a shorty. Mm. Wolverine was five three until Hugh Jackman started playing him. Wait, is Hugh Jackman tall? I didn't get that impression. I I feel like he's definitely taller than five three because I'm five three. Uh, and anything standing near me looks very tall. And, like, he seems to be, in the movies, about as tall as Scott Summers. Right. Okay. And uh, Wolverine's always been a little guy. Well, that's more that's more like it, right? Because, like, yeah. Wolverines, they're, um, you know, not they're not tiny, but they're little compact uh, characters. They're actually not from Australia. That I think you're thinking of the Tasmanian Devil. Um, I am. <laughs> but the uh, Wolverine is um, found sort of in the northern hemisphere but yeah they're they're i don't know i would say they're about like bobcat sized and and they're quite fierce but they can't regenerate so i feel like uh we should go with an animal who can regenerate yeah and there is some recent news about a new contender for 
animals who can regenerate, which is quite surprising. And it turns out that alligators can regenerate, which <gasps> is incredible news. So we know that lizards can regenerate. We know that amphibians that I mean, all animals to a certain extent can regenerate, like even humans, like we can grow back skin to a certain extent. But it's all on sort of a spectrum of like you have like salamanders that can like regrow whole body parts. And then you have like lizards that can regrow their tails. And it turns out that alligators can partially regrow their tails, which is would make them the biggest animal that can regrow a significant amount of their body that has been lost. Ooh, up to nine inches. I'm so happy yeah. for them. Yeah, I know. It's just like nine inches. Nice. Um, yes, that is the amount of tail that a young alligator can grow back, which is incredible. It's a good amount. And like, do we know how much of tail they regrow? Like how much is skin versus like usable tail? That's a really good question. So it is it does seem to be skin and muscle. I'm not as certain about how much of the bone grows back because that's actually a tricky thing. Like there are, in fact, in some uh, reptiles and amphibians, instead of bone, it's like cartilage because that's mm -hmm. easier to grow. I think for the alligators, it's mostly skin and muscle tissue. They can grow back some cartilage, but it's unknown whether they can. It doesn't look like they can grow back bone, but they may be able to grow back some of their spinal cord. It's not clear. Okay. Which is really quite impressive. And as a reminder, alligators and crocodiles are not reptiles. They are crocodilians, which is a different order of animals from reptiles, although they do share a common ancestor with reptiles. So the reason it's so important for young alligators to be able to regrow their tails is to allow them to remain mobile. So while you wouldn't think of alligators as having to worry about predators, young alligators are cute little snacks. Like, have you ever seen them? Adorable, tasty, small. So they can actually be eaten up by like aquatic birds of prey. There are all sorts of animals that would consider them a good snack. So being able to quickly swim away from a predator is really important. So there would be pressure on them to be able to, even if they lose their tail, uh, be able to regrow it so that they can still use that to swim and escape predation. I don't know why I didn't consider that to be like such an important part of a alligator or crocodile. For some reason, it was just like animal plus extra in my head, which <laughs> is insane because I know like tails are so important to so many other creatures. Right. Um, and other than like, you know, maybe like using it when they spin out to like rip off a piece, I was just like, well, I feel like a stumpy alligator can do pretty well, but that wasn't something yeah. I considered. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, yeah, it is, it, tails do feel, I think because we don't have tails, we're like, ah, it's just a little extra. It's like the animal and then like animal plus extra. But yeah, it is, it is very important for them to have for swimming. And, and again, like we think of like when we see alligators, they're kind of not necessarily quick and agile. They're sort of like maybe lumbering or basking, but like little alligators have to be very quick. Yeah. in order to survive and, and swim quite swiftly. This is a really recent discovery, so it's not yet known whether adults regrow their tails or can regenerate. My guess would be because there's less evolutionary pressure on them to regenerate, maybe less likely that they would. Uh, maybe they can't. They probably can to a certain extent, but I would guess that like with young alligators, especially because they're still developing it's probably much more likely that the young ones um, are able to regenerate more than than older alligators. But we'll see. We don't know yet. And it's also so their ability to regenerate is not as advanced as lizards and amphibians. So they can't regrow as much back as those other uh, types of animals can. And there's also no evidence that like, you know, like with reptiles, they can detach their tail and then it like wiggles around, which is called uh, an autonomous tail or self-amputation. Uh, I, don't, I don't think there's any evidence that like the tail like pops off and like mm -hmm. wiggles around on its own. Like it would look um, like a gecko. Right, exactly. Geckos do that as well. It's probably the case that like it's just like if their tail gets damaged or eaten, like then they can partially regrow it. 
But it is, it's really interesting because, again, like, they aren't reptiles, but they share a common ancestor uh, with reptiles. They actually share a common ancestor with reptiles and dinosaurs. Oh, um, oh that makes sense. Yeah, and the living dinosaurs of today are birds. So birds are the only living example of dinosaurs that we have. Uh, and birds don't regrow their tails. Like if their, uh, you know, parts of their body are chopped off, they don't regrow them. So there's a really interesting question to be explored where, so lizards can regrow uh, their tails um, and alligators uh, who are crocodilians can regrow their tails. So did dinosaurs at some point have this ability? Did they never have it? Um, or did they lose it like before we got to birds? So it's a really interesting question and I will be keeping an eye out for more news about that. Um, but it's just so interesting to me how we can learn something about an alligator of today and then it opens up all these questions about like dinosaurs and uh, we have we still have birds around living examples of dinosaurs and so we can be like, hey, wait a minute, you guys, you guys can't do this. So what the heck? What's going on? And then now we have all of these open questions about dinosaurs to find out. I love it. I love anything that just opens up. A, opens up more questions and B, reaffirms that I don't know anything. <laughs> and I never will. No one ever will. Yeah. No, every time I do research for this podcast, I'm like, huh, I don't know anything, which is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't I can't imagine ever hitting a cap and being like, oh, I've figured it right. all out. That has to be so boring. Right. Like, I know enough now. I'm just going to lie down on the floor. That would only happen if I, like, pooped out. A <laughs> I'm not going to I'm not going to uh, do a callback because uh, it's in. the. If you guys skip the gross section, it's callback to the gross section. Yeah. But uh <laughs> that would make us stop wanting to learn. But this makes me want to keep going. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so before we finish up, I want to read a listener email. I kind of want to do this more often. You guys are sending in some really excellent emails, and I feel like it's selfish of me to keep them all to myself because they have some really interesting things. Uh, you, you guys also show me cute pet pictures, which I love. I'm keeping those all to myself. I'm not sharing those. Those are amazing. Um, so, you know, suck at everyone else. But yeah. I will share uh, this email that I got. Um, from a park ranger, and I was like super fangirling, amazed that a park ranger is listening to the podcast. So, so cool. Um, so yeah, this is her email, and it is a fascinating story of some horny bees. So, Barbara Mitchell, park ranger of the Mojave National Preserve, writes Hi, Katie, I'm a huge fan of the podcast. Thank you for saying nice things about me. She says that, um, anyway, on the latest episode, uh, the one about bee movie, you mentioned that idiot horndog male bees sometimes try to mate with orchids. At my current park, the Mojave National Preserve, we also have idiot horndog male bees that try to mate with inappropriate objects. Since you strike me as a lady who likes knowing things, I thought I'd pass along the knowledge. That was a good guess. I am. I'm, an, yeah. I'm a lady who likes to know stuff. When blister beetles of the species Melo franciscanus, franciscanus, that's probably right, hatch, the larvae arrange into a tight ball on top of a grass stalk and attract passing male bees using pheromones. When a bee arrives and tries to mate with the bundle of larvae, sigh, the blister beetles hold tight onto his fuzzy little body. Apparently, if a writhing ball of larvae smell like a lady bee, that's enough to convince the male that it is a lady bee. The male bee, now covered with larvae, continues looking for a female bee because his wiener hasn't exploded yet. If he finds one and mates with her, the Melo Franciscanus larva transfer to the lady bee. Then when she flies back to her nest, the blister beetle larva steals the bee's pollen and provisions. Also fun, when the male bee is covered in Melo Franciscanus larva, he has to avoid other male bees trying to mate with him because he smells like a female due to the larva. 
That would also make a much better movie than the B-movie's courtroom drama. I agree with that. Deeply so. Thank you so much, Barbara. That is an incredible story. I'll include some images in the show notes because it's so funny. But yeah, so the the this larva is they're they're like little tiny. They actually kind of look like ants. They aren't ants, uh, and they are you know basic larva shape. But they're they're little tiny, kind of like grain of rice sized, um, reddish brown, and they form just like this cluster. That's just a blob. And the bee sees this and is like, it smells like a lady and it's vaguely blob shaped. So, hey, I'm going in. It's like the ultimate bee beer goggles. It's incredible. And like, I can't think of anything more reaffirming that in all nature, don't don't let it don't let any man let it be bee or human make you feel inferior because they're down for a pile of larvae. <laughs> Right, right. Not too yeah. discriminating. Yeah. So, like, you're enough. No matter yes. what form you come in, look, you're better than a pile of larvae. Look, if a pile of larvae can find love, anyone can. Even whoever's considering it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so there you go. You know, idiot horn dog bees making, finding love in the strangest of places, even if it's an actual pile of larvae who want to go and parasitize a bee's nest. Amazing. Wonderful. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. Thank you so much uh, for for that email, Barbara. Um, And yeah, if uh, anyone else wants to send me a listener email, I think I'll do more of this reading it on the show if you guys like it. Because, uh, yeah, I, I think sometimes you guys send in such interesting stories that I just have to share it. So, yeah, I think, we, I think we've done it. We've gone from living tampons to bees that try to mate with balls of larva. So I think that'll do it for today. Thank you so much for joining me, Vanessa. Do you have anything to plug other than your cinematic venture <laughs> to digitize your shark movie that you made with Werner Herzog when you were 10 years old? Uh, yeah, I have a podcast as well called Kicking and Screaming. Um, if you like either horror movies or martial arts movies, uh, we put them together because we think that they're basically peanut butter and chocolate. So if you love yes. one, you'll probably like the other one. They hit a lot of the same notes. Uh, and we try and basically challenge each other to double features each week. So one person picks a movie and then the other one tries to find a pairing for it. And then we name that pairing and come up with what you would have at concessions with that pairing. And sometimes they're real concession stuff. And a lot of the times they aren't. <laughs> but I've had a ton of fun doing it. And it's basically like brought back the feelings of sitting in a Denny's uh, talking about movies with your friends that I've like deeply missed in quarantine. Oh, man. Uh, so check it out. We have a couple we have a lot of episodes that i really like and some coming up that are absolutely bonkers so cannot <laughs> wait <laughs> that's amazing do you guys talk about slither not yet but if you want to be on and bring it forward <laughs> make it a promise i will yes. come on for slither and talk we'll about living guest. tampons yes <laughs> incredible definitely if you like this episode i bet you're gonna like vanessa's podcast we get gross <laughs> <laughs> but yeah where, where can people find you on the social media uh you can find me under at ness Gritton. still gotta get that last name changed under all forms of social media and you can find my podcast kicks, kicking and screaming under kick scream pod on all forms of socials as well and you can find us on the internet at Creature Feature Pod on Instagram at Creature Feet Pod on Twitter. That's F-E-A-T, not F-E-E-T. That is something very different. You can also email me at CreatureFeaturePod at gmail.com. And I am Katie Golden. I have a Twitter. It's Katie Golden on Twitter. And as always, I'm also pro bird rights where, you know, I'm not secretly a group of birds trying to get a bird agenda through the podcast industry. That's and that's just ridiculous. That's insane. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, thank you guys so much for listening. If you're enjoying the show, please leave a rating, click on the stars, and yeah, thank you so much for watching, for listening. <laughs> you can't you can't see me, surely. Uh, 
And thanks to the Space Cossacks for their super awesome song, Exolumina Creature Features, a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts like the one you just heard, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or hey, guess what? Wherever you listen to your favorite shows. See you next Wednesday. Are you ready to take charge of your health journey? Look no further than Trinity School of Natural Health. With their flexible online programs, you can receive the comprehensive education you need to care for your loved ones or step into the thriving field of natural health. Why choose Trinity? Because their programs offer more than just coursework. You'll interact with experienced instructors, connect with like-minded peers, and even participate in optional live events to hone your skills. If you've ever thought about becoming a certified natural health professional, the CNHP program at Trinity School of Natural Health is the perfect certification course. You'll equip yourself with the knowledge and skills to make a real difference in the lives of others. Turn your passion for natural health into a rewarding career. Visit trinityschool.org today to learn more about the Certified Natural Health Professional Certification Program. Go to trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Trinity School of Natural Health. Transform your life. Transform the world. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.